I love Sunday nights. I, I, I just do. Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I've just returned along with a few of our staff that went to our annual prophetic conference, 23rd annual prophetic conference there in Maui and, uh, and on Oahu and had the joy of being uh, in Oahu for the conference there for the entirety of that time just over the holiday weekend. Starts Friday night, it's all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday morning and Monday night, and we closed it out. One of our, one of our guest speakers, his name is Jim LaFoon, Prophet LaFoon. What an amazing man of God. And uh, to hear him give the most incredibly accurate words of knowledge and then to prophesy uh, is... It's life-changing. And to see lives transformed because people know that God knows them. And, I mean, you can know that God knows you and He hears everything you're saying, but it's really, it's really quite an experience to have someone come and give you a prophetic word with such accurate detail, times and years, and, and to express, it's an expression of God's love for you, to encourage you, to comfort you, to, to help you and to release faith. And I had the joy of being with him uh, for a lunch after he preached on Sunday morning. And we began to talk and he began to articulate some of the things that are uh, concerns of ours that we've talked about, my wife and I and some of our staff. Uh, as I, I'm in introduction, I'll never forget, it was a number of years ago, and I was uh, in our church I wasn't a pastor just yet, so it's many years ago. And uh, somebody who would knew part of our church, they had just been added, they come from a different part of the country, and they're now a part of King's Cathedral and Chapels, and we had a great service. And this guy says to me, man, I love this church. This is amazing. And he says, now, have you guys ever heard of spiritual warfare? And I just looked at him like, yeah, yeah, we heard of that. And he said, well, why, why would you say it like that? Because what most people don't know, actually, is that Dr. James Morocco is the one that coined the phrase spiritual warfare prayer back in the 80s and, and wrote books on it. And so I thought, I thought to myself, man, the guy's asking about spiritual warfare prayer. Now, you show up in our church, you might not know that that's a cornerstone of who we are, spiritual warfare prayer. But in the same way, you, you might not know that, that we believe in the baptism of the Spirit or, or prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit. So, I mean, you'd have to be here for a while. We can't preach every message all at the same time. So I'm talking with Prophet LaFoon, and he says, you know, he talks in hushed tones like this. He says, you know, we've got some great concerns in the body of Christ. And I'm like, I, yeah, I know. I just, I mean, I hang on every word the guy says because it's, you just never know when he's going to spout some revelation or say something that you were saying to God last night. You know, it's just like, forget E.F. Hutton, Prophet James LaFoon. He, he's going to come up here, by the way, and he's a great man. And what I love about him is there is no, there is no flash at all. One, one, one conference he came in, his jacket was all jacked up, man. He had one, one part of his shirt out, completely wrinkled. And he kind of walks up and says, hey, praise God. The Lord says, and just blows everybody's mind. You know, be like zero attention to the jacket or the shirt that he's wearing. And just totally brought the kingdom. So he's sharing, he's saying, it's a great concern in the body of Christ. That spiritual warfare is not taught anymore. Oh, not just spiritual warfare, intercession. And these things that were, were mainstream have become tributary. They're, they're like little side uh, rivers off of the main river. And many pastors across America in mega churches, they got like 15 minutes for worship, maybe 10. 10 minutes for worship, 
you can have a 20-minute message, and you got to turn the building over because you got to get more people in. And I, I understand that. One of the things I love about Sunday night and, and, and Wednesdays is I'm not really hemmed in. I'm not going to hold you for three hours either, but I don't really have to think about that so much. I have to think about that in our services in the morning. Why? Because we've got people coming and not enough chairs, and, and praise God, may that always be a challenge that we have. So I want God's power to come. You see, if God can touch you, in, in, in your heart tonight, under the preaching and through prophecy, the gifts of the Spirit, if one touch from God would be more than anything man can fabricate or bring. But they've begun to do these things called schools of empowerment. And oh, oh, Brother Barry, I, I was just listening because I'm thinking, oh, we, we're doing this. We need to teach on spiritual warfare. I'm going to preach on it tonight. I was talking to, I don't know, I think it was one of the staff about spiritual mapping. And uh, they looked at me like, what's that? And I thought, I've failed. I've failed. We don't know know what spiritual mapping is. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. Here's the thing. Most people are never taught that. It was taught way back when. And we just as pastors, honestly, I just assume it's in your arsenal. But you know what the truth is? It's not in most people's arsenal. Even when I say spiritual mapping, you're like, what's that? Spiritual mapping is a term that was used, uh, is used, a term that's used to try to identify key demonic strongholds in a region. And there's a number of ways that you do that. There's a number of ways that you discern it. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'll teach on it just briefly tonight. But in your family, you could do some spiritual mapping. And you, you, what you'll find is you'll find that some of these besetting sins that beset your fathers and your mothers are the very ones that you're battling right now. The body of Christ, by and large, is ignorant. And they've gotten into an entertainment mode where, where people can just get entertained and go home and not be changed. I'm going to tell you something. We will never take this region if we end up like that. But we're not going to end up like that. We're going to be filled with fire and power and anointing and revelation. And I felt led of the Lord. I felt led of the Lord to bring us back into some of these main things that make us who we are. You hear it in our praying, but you might not know that this is the very cornerstone of who we are as kings, cathedral and chapels. Write in your notes now, and if you don't have notes, uh, we do have those for you. Man, I'm excited about this text. In 1991, God gave Dr. Morocco a way to pray called spiritual warfare prayer. And the, the Spiritual Warfare Prayer Network was started back then with Cindy Jacobs and, and many, many others. And he was, he was a part of that. He wrote a book in, in the 80s called You Can Be a Winner in the Invisible War. Right, you Can Be a Winner in the Invisible War. And there clearly is an invisible war. And we can be winners and or losers. The book's out of print and we're, we're hoping that it's, that it's being reprinted. I think there's a reprinting that's going on for that. And, it, and it's important. We need a new cover though. Way back then, they had uh, at our church, which was uh, one church in many locations, but there was just two other locations. We called it many locations, but it was just Maui and Molokai and Lanai. So it was three different churches. It's now 206. And uh, my mama, who's back there on the fourth row, love you, mom. You look beautiful tonight. Thank God that you we're led by the Lord to be a part of this church because I just don't know what I'd do if you didn't. God saved me and rescued me. And when I got to be added to the church because of the prayers of my mama, don't you stop praying, mamas. Dads, don't ever stop praying. There was only three extensions. Maui, Molokai, and Lanai. There was some, uh, Kula existed, and, I, and it was kind of an extension and some different things. But Back before I was even added to the church, they would have a Wednesday night prayer meeting. A Wednesday night, all night prayer meeting. And they would pray all night. They didn't have a midweek service. They just had a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And the staff was required. Maybe we should do this again, Pastor Kirsten. The staff was required to be in the all night prayer meeting. And they would 
they would take shifts of two hours, and so you could nap for two hours, and then the other people would be leading and praying out, and then there'd be a rotation, and, and two more staff would come, and they'd lead for two hours, and they'd go through the whole night, every Wednesday night, and then go to work Sunday, Thursday morning, crack o' dawn, get after it. Wow, there was a real intensity about things, and there's an intensity about things now. And I love the one story that, that those of you that have been around for a long time remember it. There was one of the staff who was up on the platform, and he was, he was laid out with his hands in the air, and he's praying. Dr. Morocco is in the back of the, of, the, of the prayer room and praying, and he looks up and on the platform, and he sees this, one of the pastors with their hand lifted, and he's just feeling like a failure because he's falling asleep. Any, anybody ever been to an all-night prayer meeting? Okay, I just, I just want to see for a second. Raise your hand if you've ever been a part of an all-night prayer meeting. Well, I feel conviction setting in. And we need to have some all-night prayer meetings. Listen, certain things don't come out unless by prayer and fasting. And many times, if you don't know how to contend and fight and, and spiritual warfare prayer and all-night prayer meetings, you ain't going to get the victory. There's certain things that you really got to confront. We're going to talk about that in a moment. So Dr. Morocco's falling asleep in the back, and he's like, oh, God, look at my staff. He's praying, and I'm falling asleep. And he thinks to himself, I'm just going to go and get near him, and maybe some of that anointing that's on my staff can get on me, and we can really pray. So he comes up to that pastor that's lying. You know, he's on his back with his hands raised, and he gets to him, and he looks down, and the guy's like, <laughs> straight sleeping. We won't tell you who that is, Earl Thurner. Anyway, <laughs> our dear friend, great man of God, great man of God. The principle of understanding, binding, and loosing. I preach Dr. Morocco's, it's his life message on binding and loosing. I preach it once a year, and uh, I'm not going to preach that now, but I will touch on it. It comes from Matthew 16 and Matthew 18, where Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever be loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And the, and the theological understanding is this. That certain things that we can do to bind demon power. To bind means to, to like shackle or chain to bind. And certain things that we can do is a message. I think it's called the, is it the seven Ps, Pastor Kirsten seven P's of binding and loosing. And one of those is prayer, but praise, and there's, there's different things. Proclamation, declaring the gospel. These things bind demon power. Come on, it's like a demon running around doing every, what, everything he, anything he wants to, but when we begin to take authority through these seven P's, which I won't get all into, they end up being shackled, you understand. So binding demon power and loosing victims. That's people that are bound up by demons being loosed and set free. It's like the prison door being opened. And that is a, a very basic um, elementary teaching here at, at King's Chapel, Alaska, and around the world. So let's look at this text now. That's been a basic understanding of our church since the 80s. And, and I think that's one of the reasons God allowed us to build the kind of work that is in the middle of Maui. It was a preacher's graveyard, but God has planted a church that's having global impact in a small little place called Maui. All right, let's look at this text. We speak to mountains. We speak to mountains. Look, inanimate objects don't hear. How many of you know that? You speak to an inanimate object is, is crazy. But that, that's not what it's talking about. He said... See, throughout, throughout the New Testament, you see God spoke and things happened. Jesus would speak and things would happen. In, in Genesis, God spoke and said, let there be light. You still have it. We still have light because God said, let there be light. We still have it. He spoke. God spoke in creation. And when you look at the life of Jesus, you'll see him, you'll see him speak to diseases. You see him rebuke the fever in, in Peter's mother, rebuke. The word rebuke is what, that which is used for a demon. So he speaks to a demon, a fever demon, and tells it to go. He speaks to a spirit of infirmity. You will see that God, the, the, I heard one person say it this way, the kingdom of God is voice activated. 
And we're even going to be weighed according to our words. So Jesus spoke to disease. He spoke to Satan. Satan, get thee behind me. He spoke to demons. He spoke to the storm. We just talked about the storms. He rebuked the wind and the waves. And they obeyed. He spoke to Lazarus. Lazarus! He, he talks to his father and he says, just so you'd be glorified. It's almost like he doesn't even need to say it. You look at that text, it's powerful. Lazarus comes forth and the little girl arrives. Think, think about that. He spoke and things happened. He commanded deaf ears to open. He commanded blind eyes to open. He used his words. And I will just tell you that if you don't learn to pray, if you don't learn to decree, if you don't learn to use your words, you will be limited in your effectiveness in expanding the kingdom. You've got to learn to use your words. You must use your authority. It's not a meditative thing where you just sort of stare at your navel and hope that something happens. We speak on the basis of our faith in God. Now think about this. I mean, the, the text says, have faith in God. But really, Mark eleven twenty two, 22, it's have the faith of God is actually what it's saying. And I believe it's referring even to the gift of faith. The original language in the Greek, it's have the faith of God, not have faith in God. Have the faith of God. How many of you know what kind of faith God has? It doesn't grow by hearing and hearing by the word. God's faith does not grow by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your faith grows that way. My faith grows that way. God's faith is perfect. It's complete. So when God says something, that's it. It's done already. He doesn't even need to say it twice. So when it says have the faith of God, I believe it's talking about the gift of faith, which is talked about in the New Testament. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of faith. You can pray, God, release unto me the gift of faith. Come on, say that. Lay hands on your own on your own heart and say, Lord, release to me the gift of faith. Ready, set, go. Lord, release to me the gift of faith. Dr. Morocco, and we have echoed that. Pray for him, pray for me, pray for us that we would have the gift of faith and what? The gift of leadership. Those are the two things we need to move forward in this vision. Gift of faith, gift of leadership. Gift of faith, gift of leadership. Mark eleven twenty two. have the faith of God. The same spirit that worked in the life of Jesus the Messiah works in your life. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. Listen, meditate on that. Think about that. Chew on that in your quiet time. And see where your life is lining up if you're actually seeing resurrection power or just impotent, lackadaisical, leaning on the sovereignty of God. I said that on purpose because many people are just like, well, the Lord loves me, so I'm just going to, you know, thank God that we can lean on his love. But there's another place of, there's another place of maturity in God where you begin to stand up and speak to mountains and have them be moved. The kingdom of God doesn't advance except for violence. Spiritual acts of violence. And we are his ambassadors. We're to speak. As though speaking the very words of God. Listen, your words are just as important as your actions. You mean, think about what's been coming out of your mouth. Shut my mouth. Think about what you've been saying. Oh, we could do a whole study on it. But I, I've done it at other times. But he's saying, speak to mountains. And it shall be removed. Wow. Thank you, Jesus we got to obey Him in our lifestyles of forgiveness. And listen, if you're going to operate in a dynamic of confronting darkness, are you all listening? Now, there's some serious warnings I'm going to put in this message here. I'm not even going to preach to you long because we're going to do some of it. Some warnings, and you really need to heed the warnings. Otherwise, you can end up in serious trouble. You have to live a lifestyle of, of unto God. It's not a sloppy agape. You have some hidden sin. It ain't hidden. It's not hidden to the devil, and God knows that you're hidden sin. It ain't hidden to him either. Oh, other people might, might not know that you're watching when nobody's looking. Spiritual warfare prayer 
insights. Spiritual warfare prayer insights. Now, every year I also preach, of course, on fasting in January. We're going to fast and pray. And, and uh, it could be that we'll call some fasting and praying for our property uh, uh, up and coming. So we'll, we'll let you know more about that. But we're building this building and things are going wonderfully. How many of you are praying for that? It's not enough. If every hand didn't go up, it's not enough. All right, well, how many of you will pray? You will pray. All right, you pray. You pray protection over Wally and his whole family. You pray protection over me. You pray release of resources and funds that that building would get erected for the glory of God with shouts of grace, grace to it. All right, pray every day. Every day? Every day. Don't think it. We're just going to waltz into this thing and just happen. It's not been like that thus far, and as we continue, it won't be like that. Spiritual warfare prayer Fasting and praying, Daniel chapter 10, we, we preach about how Daniel set his mind in Daniel 10 to, to seek his Lord to gain understanding. And he fasts for 21 days, for three whole weeks. And at the end of three weeks, the angel comes and tells him, oh, Daniel, your words were heard because of your prayer. From the first day you set your heart, that's day one of his 21-day fast, from the first day you set your heart, to gain understanding, your words were heard. Daniel's like, well, what happened? I, I was I fasting. How come you didn't come on day one or two? I mean, it's like day 21. I mean, even though Daniel was a Jew. Okay. It's a joke. But he was. He was a Jew. And Daniel says, well, I was coming, but I got hindered by the prince of Persia. Now, we've taught on this and preached on it many times before. Daniel chapter 10, the prince of Persia is not an earthly prince. It's a spiritual principality, the prince of Persia, which still operates in the region of Persia. And so the prince of Persia withstood the angel because the revelation brought to Daniel would then be written in the book of Daniel and actually is one of the most profound books in all of Scripture and very pertinent to the day and the hour in which we live. And if you study the book of Daniel, it will blow your mind. You gain understanding about that in the hour we're living, it'll cause you really to live another level for God. So here's this warfare going on. Daniel fasts and prays, and the angel comes, and he talks to him. Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is real. There's an attempt on the behalf of the enemy to hinder the work of God. And the attempt on behalf of the enemy to hinder the work of God can be broken if God can release revelation to his people to walk in authority in a, in a pattern of prayer that releases victims and sees demonic powers bound. And it's called spiritual warfare prayer. So write in your notes. Pray over our area and its problems. So let's talk about Alaska. What are some of the problems in Alaska? Drugs. Absolutely right. We have an epidemic. So, so if you were to put a demon name over drugs, I mean, you could actually just call it the Greek name pharmakia. Pharmakia is actually witchcraft. So you could actually then say, what's the main problem, or one of the main problems in the area here in Alaska? Witchcraft. Which is also drugs. Are you kidding me, Pastor Dale? Oh, no, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Witchcraft. You see, pharmakia, I mean, you go to the pharmacy, it comes from the word pharmakia, but it, drugs were originally used to prepare a person to be demonized, to have demon visions and so on and so forth. People now get prescriptions and get demonized through them, overuse and abuse. And they've even legalized smoking dope. And I have all kinds of people that try to tell me it's not a gateway drug. That's because you, you're being demonized yourself, very possibly. I said very possibly. Don't look at me like that. And I know there can be in, incredible uses of drugs that alleviate pain and so on and so forth. But when they're used for entertainment, when they're used for intoxication, it can release a demonization. It's plain and simple. Whether it be Bud Dumber or Dope, or whatever, alcohol, anything. You could get intoxicated on it. If you can get intoxicated on it, how about sugar? Oh, he ain't talking to me now. Some of you just turned me off because you just can't wait to go get the cupcake or something. 
Now, drug, drugs is a problem. So, so do you think that we could bind a demon of witchcraft? Yeah. yeah, we can. Is that what we need to do? Yes, yes, yes. That's one of the things we need to do is we pray for this region to be delivered. What's another thing that we can pray for? What's another problem? Okay, suicide. Incest was one that was on my list. And there's kids here, so I'm not going to go like all explicit, not that I would anyway, but I don't even want to talk about some of the other things to give ideas. Human trafficking, there's all kinds of stuff. Now that does happen in Alaska. It doesn't seem to be one of the besetting sins. Drugs seems to be a besetting sin. Sex is a besetting sin for sure. Absolutely. And you could make a list. Now spiritual mapping is when you Pray over an area and you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and show you where these strongholds are. When we were called to the island of Molokai, it wasn't my idea. And honestly, I wouldn't have gone if it, if it was. I heard all kinds of stories. The first pastoral, the first church we took as a pastor on the staff of Dr. James Morocco was Molokai. Molokai is the number one in, uh, number one in suicide per capita, number one in in uh, economic problems, it's more people on welfare there per capita than anywhere else in Hawaii. Number one homosexual area for all of Hawaii per capita. Number, that is number one in all of these main things, drugs and so on and so forth. And Molokai was used to train all the witch doctors called kahunas. And there was never a war on Molokai. Most people don't know that. There's more heiaus, that's places of human sacrifice, on Molokai than anywhere else in the Hawaiian Islands. Now, this is Polynesia. We're not in Polynesia, obviously. But when I, when I was praying about going to Molokai, Dr. Morocco called me. I knew that we were on the launching pad to go somewhere. Dr. Morocco calls me in his office, me and Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve had pastored there before, years before. He sat us down at the famous glass table there in his, in his conference room, and I was on one side, and Pastor Steve was on the other. He says, well, gentlemen, we need a new pastor in Molokai. I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Because I heard of the spirit of death that would come on pastors. I heard about how they almost all, you know, they almost all died and how their kids got, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. I don't want to go there. Uh, and so he says, one of you are going to go to Molokai. Does any of you want to go? I'm like, Usually I'm like, ooh, ooh. No, not this time. Not this time. I'm like, no, I ain't feeling that one. And so he says, Pastor Steve, you have seniority. Pastor Steve says, oh, no, been there, done that. Your turn. He points at me. That's exactly what happened. I thought, jerk. I think he's trying to get back at me for some other stuff, but that's another story. Pastor Morocco looks at me and says, Pastor Daniel, would you go to Molokai? I said, um, I don't know. He said, you don't know? Which is, you got to know that that's completely contrary to the way my character is. My character's like, yes! That's my character. But I'm like, on a fool's go where angels fear to try that. And I, no, no, I don't, I don't know. He said, okay, will you pray about it? I said, yep, yep, I'll pray. I go home that night, lie down in our bed. I go to sleep. And I am brought into the spirit, literally out of my body in the spirit. I fly over the waters all the way to the island of Molokai in the spirit. I fly over the whole island. I mean, it's like I'm an airplane. I fly over the whole island. And as I'm flying over it, I see different points of darkness all around the island. And then I'm brought to the church, and I circle the church. And when I get to the very front of the church, a big, stinking, mean, fearsome demon manifests and, and wakes me right out of my dream. And I wake up. I'm like, whoa! Whoa! And I was like, you're going to Molokai. I thought, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> but you know what happened? I knew that he called us. So we went to Molokai, and I, you know, I, I just pulled out every gun I had and, and, and shot at everything I could. And we were deeply loved and deeply hated. Spiritual warfare. And the Lord showed us different places. Showed us different places of human sacrifice. It showed us different places around the island. And we began to pray and fast over those things. And, and do you know the church there in Molokai, within a year and a half, tripled in size. God raised up another pastor and sent me on off to Kauai. It was amazing. Spiritual warfare. You pray over areas of problems. 
So if there's blindness, what would be the problem? Blindness. If you gave it a name, what would it be? A demon of blindness. You could say it that way. You, you could speak to back problem. Now, not everything is a demon. Everybody say, I know Pentecostals, there's demons. There's a demon behind every bush. I don't believe that. I do not believe that. There's 12 behind every bush. That's right. Come on, you pray over the areas where there's problems. Now, think about this in application to your family. Where are some of the stubborn places? The things that aren't changing. And you begin to pray over those. Praying over cultural problems. I'm, I'm back in your notes. It's another way you can do cultural mapping. So when you think of, uh, let me just pick on my culture. When you think of those from England, what do you think about? What, what do you think would be a cultural stronghold for those that are English descent? Thanks, Mom. Pride. Intellectual pride. Pride. The English have it. What else? What about France? That would be pride also. Where's my French friend? Pride. Pride. You, you think about, I'm not going to pick on every culture. I picked on that one. So if you're offended because you're English, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Celtic English descent too. So let's just be offended together. I'm not going to go after every culture. But if you begin to look at all the different cultures in our area, you can begin to see besetting sins on each and every one of those cultures. Some cultures are so driven about money. That's all it's about. Money, 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 money. Got to work, got to work, got to get two, three jobs and, and just work yourself into an early grade. But as long as you have money, everything's okay. Other cultures are, are different. So you have to take a look at what your culture is. Every culture has issues. And you begin to pray over that. You begin to take authority over it. You begin to bind that assignment of, that's on that culture. And you see victims loosed from it. Can you say amen? amen. Arrogance. Praying over, praying demonic power off of institutions. I'll tell you, I will tell you that sports is a big one. I've seen people dedicate their lives to their kids being in sports, spend untold amounts of money, but won't spend one nickel to send them to camp. They won't send them to camp, Pastor Kirsten, but you go to all kinds of camps for sports, spend untold amount of money for, for, I mean, take trips and travel. Listen, I love sports. sports. Sports was a great blessing to me in many ways. But sports can be an idol. And sports can be a demonic assignment can the, the enemy can use sports sports should never be on sunday that's the stupidest thing i ever heard trying to steal the lord's day and he said well that's the only day for 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 an opening of the field if people would stand their ground and not give up the day of the lord then it would change sports what else education i have to be careful because I, I i might start preaching and spitting and everything and i start talking about education you be sure who's teaching your kids. And you know what they're being taught. If I was to share, I cannot share with you what's happening in California. Here. Because there's kids and I won't do it. But you ought to know what's moving all across America. It's not cute. No, they're like 12 and 13 year olds that are going through operations and stuff. Because they're, 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 they have a gender dysphoria. And the state's paying for it. And it's taught in the schools. Listen, if you think it's getting better, it's not getting better. Grace abounds, but for the love of God, we need a move of God in education. People that are demonized making decisions over educational boards. Politics. God bless you, Mayor Edna. God bless you. And God bless every other righteous person that's serving in politics. It's a thankless job. And you have to stand there. And, and just take hits from, from people that are demonized themselves. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. We have to drive sin out. And there's demon power pitching its tent on sports, on education. What's another area? Media. Yeah. I mean, you have to ask yourself, what are you going to do when you get defiled? What did you do the last time you saw a body somewhere or something that wasn't dry? Well, how did you handle that? I'm not even asking you if. Because it did happen if you're on the internet. It did happen if you have Instagram or, oh, not me. Well, you're lying. So what do you do with the defilement that then happens to you? Because you're going to get defiled. So when it happens, how are you responding to that? 
Some of you don't even have a plan. You've got to have a plan. We, we, we need a godly media to just invade. We need people that can really stand and be an apologetist over, over Facebook and stuff. I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, and I don't put up a lot of posts. Because I don't have time to argue every single point, but God knows I want to. I just don't have time to do it. I'm spending with people. But I believe God's going to call people to social media and use them in a way that brings healing and deliverance. Arts, business. How about business? My wife has started, and I have started also, it actually begins this week, isn't that right? Uh, a women's business group that's going to meet Thursday at 12 p.m. at Evangelos, women leaders. And gentlemen, I'm doing the same thing for business leaders in the community to meet. It's like a master's businessmen's uh, fellowship and a master's businesswoman's fellowship, separate. So we've, it, word has spread, and women leaders are coming out of the community to come to be a part of this, this thing. It starts this week, Evangelos, 12 o'clock, once a month. You got to pay your own lunch. You come and you're going to encourage and network and meet with people. It's going to be amazing. He said, where'd you get that? It's right there in that book right there, that little guide. Pastor Karen, would you hold it up for us? It's right there in the guide. And there's lots of other things that are taking place. Hallelujah. All right. Praying for the harvest. Now, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 43. And if you could put this up on the screen, please. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 5 through 7. So we'll get there in just a moment. This uh, text comes from Dr. James Morocco years ago, preaching in Dallas, Texas, was at a, uh, uh, a prayer meeting of a powerful church. You know, I need to say this. If I was to tell you that and understood moves of God and revivals in America, would know that that would have been a place for revival. I will not say the name. If you ask me, I'm not going to tell you. Because what happened there, it was known for tremendous prayer. And what happened is the pastor fell. He committed adultery and he destroyed the entire thing. It got passed over to somebody else, but they didn't have the mantle. They, it just didn't work. And the enemy just took the whole thing apart. The church does not even exist today. So I'm just going to tell you, every one of us need a prayer shield. All of us need a prayer covering. More, more than you know. He says, everything okay? Everything is okay. Yes, everything is good. It's going to remain good so long as I keep myself and Pastor Kirsten keeps himself, Pastor Barry keeps himself, as you keep yourself, Wally keeps himself in prayer, humble, broken, transparent, and you pray for us. We will not be able to change this nation without a prayer covering. Come on! Yes! Did I spit on you? You still look beautiful, though. you got to have a prayer covering. I, I'm, I'm, I'm asking. I wish the whole church was here. Maybe they'll hear it later. We need a prayer covering more than we have now. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, nobody knows who our church is, but they're beginning to ask because they see a giant sign with 16 acres. They're like, what's King's Chapel? I have people asking me, oh, you've seen that church? That's King's Chapel. I'm like, yeah, heard of that place. Most people have no clue. They don't know what happens here. They don't know God's pouring out His Spirit. They don't know the miracles. They don't know the signs. They don't know the wonders. We, we've gone from a back, a back road place and God's making us a regional church. And if you think that we'll be able to do it without a mighty prayer movement, you're sadly mistaken. I'm not going to be mistaken. I'm going to be in the place of prayer. I'm going to take authority. I'm going to speak to mountains and they're going to move. I'm going to speak to sickness and disease. I'll continue to speak to the, the cultural issues and declare it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to shout it from the mountaintop and God will release his kingdom. Can you say amen? Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. Stop. So Dr. Morocco is in Texas, and they had everybody stand up in this prayer meeting and point to the north. Now, we've done it here before. Where have we done that? It comes from this story and from the story I'm telling you about Dr. Morocco and from this text. And so that in that church in Texas that got destroyed because of sin, they pointed to the north and, and they said, give them up. 
And to the south, hold not back. Look at these next verses. I say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So literally, they pointed to the north, south, east, and west, and they prayed that for years, and they still pray it, and we pray it here. Do you know that this church is in existence because some, some folks on Maui reached their hands to the north and said, give us the harvest to the north, and the church was planted in Alaska. That's exactly how that happened. Do you know that we have churches in New Zealand because we, we pointed to the south and said, hold not back. Give us sons and daughters to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south. It is a biblical thing. Spiritual warfare prayer. Quickly look at this. For blind eyes to be opened. Paul talks about that. He opened the eyes of the blind. From darkness to light. For hearts to be softened. In Hebrews 3.15. For doors for the gospel to take place. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about that. An effectual door being opened. For Christians to be bold in their witness. Acts 4. James 1-5. through 5, That they would have wisdom. Some of you don't have any wisdom. That's why you're not getting people saved. It takes wisdom to win, to win souls. For laborers in the harvest. I thank God for the king's army. They meet every Tuesday, and we have 700. What's our count right now? 787 people led to Jesus one-on-one -on -one outside the church since Father's Day. 787 people Outside the church. And, and, and somebody gone after me like, well, those are just people that prayed the prayer. Where are they? I don't know where they are, but let me just say this. Some of them are here, and the other thing is we're following up on them and doing our best to, if they'll allow us, if we can get some information, then we, we call and we pray. And God, bring every one of those 787 people in the church. And they would be disciples, and they'd grow into things of God. Come on, we pray for laborers. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he would thrust forth laborers into the harvest field. It's amazing that harvesters are released as a result of prayer. Jesus would spend all night in prayer, and then he chose his disciples. He didn't go out and just pick anybody. And furthermore, he picked people that were doing something. He didn't pick a lazy slug that didn't do anything. Has anybody else been delivered from being a lazy slug? All right, we should probably have a lazy slug altar call. But some people might not stand up. One of the other things they would do on that Wednesday night all those years ago, and we've done it here. We used to do it in the barn, but we need to bring our boards back out here and write names down. Names of people being saved. And, and, and they would come in all those years ago and say, well, you can, we got to take that name off because they're saved. They're in church. And I'm told all those years ago, all those names that were on those boards, they don't have to write those names down anymore because every single one of them got saved. Everyone. Wow. Writing names out for people you're believing. And we're going to do a thing called Operation Andrew. Operation Andrew, we'll give you sheets of paper up and coming. And, and you'll, you'll know when you're holding the paper and we'll talk to you about it. But you, you, you can begin to start now. Write down who are you believing to be saved in your family. Write it down before the Lord and make it plain. And you bring that person, oh God, save Jacob. Oh God, save Mary. Oh God, save them. Intervene. In the name of Jesus, and you begin to do spiritual warfare. Well, Johnny's on drugs. I take authority over drugs. I take authority over witchcraft in the name of Jesus. I bind you, devil. Take your foul hands off of Johnny. I see him loosed and coming into the kingdom in the name of Jesus. Spiritual warfare prayer. It's not enough just to think about it. And the days are upon us where. Somebody just praying for you is not enough. You need to do your own praying. Oh, you need to have people praying for you, but you need to do your own praying. Be led by the Holy Spirit. God, allow for the Holy Spirit to lead you, claiming His promises. Led in worship. And I think that the simplest way that I, I see the Lord leading me and my wife and my family and leading us in the church is, is we just feel like we want to do it that way. And we have peace about it. And we abide, we do our best to abide in Him and to remain in Him and keep ourselves from sin and stay, keep a short record of account. And, and we're just like, Lord, is it, do you want to do it this way? You know the 9-11 the, uh, the and 1? That wasn't the time. Those were not the times. The times were 8-10-12. That's the decision we made in staff. We're like 8-10-12. 
Now, before you say, "Woo, that's what I was hoping for, stop. <laughs> 8, 10, 12, and so you were making a plan. I go to sleep that night, and I have a very clear, clear dream and vision from the Lord. And in my dream, I see a 9, I see an 11, and I see a 1. And the Lord says, you have the times wrong. I said, oh, no problem. Next staff meeting, uh, which was the following day. By the way, here's what happened. We changed. It's 9, 11, 1. That's how we do church around here. That's how you should live your life. Live your life that way. If you don't feel like going that way home, maybe you shouldn't go that way. Now, you can be a spiritual fruitcake about that kind of stuff. You're like, well, I just don't feel led of getting out of my bed today. Well, that can also be true, but I've known people that have denied responsibility and hid out and with their vineyard tapes on, you know, hoping that Jesus comes and rescues them when he actually wants you to get your carcass out of bed, get to morning prayer, begin to speak to mountains and see them be moved. Led by the Holy Spirit. Raise your voice in one accord. Raise your voice in one accord. In Matthew 18, if two of you agree, the word agree is symphoneo. Has anybody ever been to a symphony? I was learned to, to I, I loved the, the philharmonic and, and symphonic music from the time I was a, a small lad. My, my family played it in the house. And my mom would bring me to places to hear music and symphonies and orchestras and and, and, and it's just done something for me. I mean, I, you study like Mozart. They, they, were, they were twisted in certain ways, but also divinely inspired. And amazing gifts to be able to, to compose a whole orchestra when you're deaf. I mean, I, I mean, some of these stories are amazing. Symphoneo, a symphony. If two of you symphoneo, what does that mean? It certainly doesn't mean you're quiet. It means there must be some sort of noise coming up out of your mouth. Fervent prayer makes all the difference. And praying in agreement. You've got to raise your voice in one accord. It's not meditative. I said it before, but I'll say it again. There's power in your words. By your words, you're saved. You're acquitted by your words. That's why we say if you believe in your heart, the Apostle Paul says you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth why would you have to say it with your mouth it's something about the kingdom it's voice activity so i don't want to lift my voice well you better learn to lift your voice or your mountain ain't gonna move or you can ride on the coattails of somebody like i did with my mama for a while but i've got my own coattails now you know praise god for people that'll blaze a trail and model it but you need to grow up and learn to do your own praying. Learn to do your own binding. Learn to do your own loosing. Can you say amen in the house of God? I'm preaching better than your amen. You guys are right. All right. Closing. A warning. Warning. Warning, Bill Robinson. Okay, warning. Do not pray this way all the time. Don't pray binding and loosing prayers all the time. Don't pray spiritual warfare all the time. You didn't see Jesus talking to the devil all the time. He would talk to his father, right? You have to spend time being refreshed and encouraged. You can get all crazy, and some of you have seen that. Some of you have seen people, devil, devil, it's the devil, it's the devil. Stop. Quit giving him so much publicity. You know you're half of the problems, not the devil. Some of you have been throwing yourself underneath the bus and blaming the devil. It's like, oh, he's blaming me again. I don't even have to do anything. He throws himself under the bus through his foolish decisions. But there's a warning. Don't, don't pray this way all the time. Prayer is made up of many things. Supplication, intercession. My favorite way to pray is to worship. Harp and bowl, as the book of Revelation talks about, this music going forth and these this bowl in heaven filled with the incense which are the prayers of the saints it's a picture of prayer and worship mingled together it's a beautiful thing don't just be all about spiritual warfare and that's all you do don't don't do that that's that's dangerous it, it really is look at b spiritual warfare prayer could distort one's prayer life becoming more demon conscious than god conscious I just get irritated when people talk about the devil all the time. 
It's like they're worshiping him or something in some weird negative way. Worship God. Don't worry about the witch or the, or the witch or the warlock. Or the, don't, don't worry about that. Focus on Jesus. Love God. Do the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and strength. And it transcends all ten, really. If you just stay focused on taking authority over the devil, you're going to end up very distorted and you're going to get hurt. You know, I, I, have, to, I have to say this. And, and the text talks about it. You have to be Christ-like in your behavior and in your actions. Do not even attempt to do spiritual warfare if you have sin in your own life. Because if you have sin in your own life and you know it, I'm talking about you know you have something that you need to repent of, that would be the Holy Spirit putting his finger on stuff, then you repent before you ever try to take authority over any devil. Because if you try to take authority over the devil, but you yourself are not under the covering of God because of your own actions, and you have set yourself up for catastrophic wipeout. And we've seen that over and over and over. I love the story of Cindy Jacobs and her daughter. And she told the story in a service, so I don't think she wouldn't mind if I told it. Her, do- her daughter was in sin with her boyfriend. And she was praying for her daughter to come back to Christ. And so they ended up at the house, and the, the, the boyfriend was demonized, manifesting some devil. So Cindy and Mike Jacobs show up, as I recall the story being t- told. And they start taking authority over this demon that's twisting this boyfriend of hers inside out. And the demon speaks to Cindy's daughter and says in some demonic voice, you have no authority over me. You're doing the same things. She's like, oh my gosh, mommy's right. Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I I cleanse my life now because I repent. Lord, wash me in your blood. In Jesus' name, I receive it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And she just takes authority. The daughter comes alive, filled with the words you've been preached to her whole life. All of a sudden, she's washed and cleansing God authority. You leave now. You try to take authority in places that you're bound. You have no authority where you're bound. Listen, you have no authority in the area that you're bound. And even beyond that, if you allow yourself to stay bound, addicted, afflicted, all up in pornography, and you're, and you're, and you're cultivating these pet sins, and you just think it's okay and it's cute, and you think God just winks at you, He ain't winking, and you've allowed for the door to be open to the devil, for your own life to be demonized, and even, and even many of the things that can be happening in your life are as a result of your own sin. So you need to repent. Take authority. Drive that thing out through binding and loosing. Drive it on, out or off. I mean, however you want to see it. We stand in the place of the finished work of the cross. Now what we're going to do, I didn't preach long. We're going to take a couple minutes just to pray over families. Pastor Kirsten, you're going to come and lead us. Taking, taking authority over the demonic power over family and over children, all right? Then we're going to pray for our marriages. Then we're just going to pray over our community. Just a few, mo- a few minutes. As I teach you some of these things that have become sideline in, main, in the mainline Christianity, I'm going to teach them to you because you need them. You need these tools of spiritual warfare. It's not passe. You'll be, you'll be resisting the devil until he flees the rest of your life until it's over. That's just the way it is. Don't get so demon-focused. Get God-focused. But you're going to have to speak to your mountain. And there's demonic mountains in your way that will not move until you open up your mouth and take authority, binding and loosing. Your family members, many of your families, will not be loosed until you start taking authority. Many of you are the rope holders over your family. There's a number of people here that that the enemy has been really whipping up an attack against your extended family. I mean, not just your own household, but outside your household. And the Lord is calling you, positioning you, even tonight, even tonight, to take authority, to rise up in your God-given blood purchase, dominion and right, to bind demon power and loose your family from being victims and if you don't do it then you won't see the result in your family you know we're here because somebody prayed for us some of you don't realize that you're all standing here you're all here this evening because somebody prayed for you whether you realize it or not it could be us in morning prayer give the north give them up south hold not back come on we're, we're gonna pray now the basis of our victory is the blood of jesus well i just preached on it we overcame him by the blood of the 
lamb by the word of our testimony and loving our lives not so much to shrink from death. That series, the overcomer. So we're declaring victory because of the blood, not because you look cute, not because you pray loud, not because you have money or don't have money or you're the most humble person in the room. None of those things are reasons that God's going to move in power. He moves in power on the basis of, of his of right, 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 being a, a right as in a legal right. So you stand covered in the blood, then praying God's word, God's will, and then it's released. But you've got to lift your voice. You have to pray. So the blood of Jesus, let's first of all repent. All right, we'll do that in just a second. And then we're going to pray over our families, all right? Come on, bow your head. Close your eyes if that helps you all across this place. If you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him. If you drifted, if you have sin in your life, and you need to repent of it, your heart would be beating in your chest now and you're feeling what is called conviction. And the Lord is wooing you to, to ask Him to, for forgiveness. So if you're here, that's you, perhaps online, and you need to repent, you need to ask God to forgive you, to wash you and cleanse you. If that's you, lift your hand all across this place. God bless you, I see that hand. I see that hand back there. I see hands going up over here. God bless you. Right on. Awesome. Come on. You don't have to be bound anymore. You can be free. God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. My God. My goodness. Praise the Lord. I see that hand. Stand up on your feet all across this place. If you lifted your hands and you're serious, I'm not, I'm not talking about joining this church. I'm not talking about making a show before somebody. I mean like serious. You really want to go to heaven and you really want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Quickly get out from where you are. Come right here. Quickly come. Quick. Come on. Come. Come on. Put your hands together for these. Come on. Come. Come on. There's more. You need to come. Come on. Get out of your seat. Don't make me come get you. Get out of your seat and come down to the front. Come on, you can do a little bit better. Pray this prayer right out loud. Every man, every woman, every child, some people affirming their faith, others recommitting or giving your hearts to Jesus for the first time. Pray right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands to Jesus? I break off demon power. I break off every assignment decree of wickedness and darkness, any generational curse. I declare these to be freed by the power of the blood of Jesus. I see them now loosed by your mighty hand. In Jesus' name, now Holy Spirit, come and charge them, touch them, refresh them, fill them full of your spirit to serve you, to live for you all the days of their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. We've got some leaders that are around you. Would you all just stay here? And, and kids, you stay here, but just stay here for a minute. Leaders, go right ahead. Let me talk to the rest of the congregation while you guys are just being helped right here. You right now ask the Holy Spirit to show you any place that might be a chink in your armor. What do you mean? If you have unforgiveness in your, in your heart, then that unforgiveness is going to open up a door for the enemy to operate. You, you, you can't not forgive somebody. You say, you don't know what they did. No, but I know what Jesus did. And he said this, he said this, Jesus said in the Our Father, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses or sins. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. So if you don't forgive those who wronged you, then your sin remains. And that is one of the main problems in the body of Christ. They have bitterness towards their mom, bitterness towards their dad. They're angry with people that wronged them. Yes, I understand, but Jesus was crucified for that very thing. That doctor that didn't give the good report or, or didn't treat you right or, or misdiagnosed you. There's somebody here, there was a misdiagnosis and in your heart you've been bitter about it. The 
because you lost a loved one. You gotta forgive the doctor. You gotta forgive the nurse. God is a judge of all. Come on, just examine your heart. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal any place on the inside of us that's out of accord with the truth of your word. Put your finger on things in our lives. Any stronghold, any mindset. Put your finger on things besetting sins of our culture, our people, our family. Come on, some of you just been doing drugs. You need to repent before you do warfare. Otherwise, you had not seen the hell that'll come down on your head. You repent of that thing. Father, thank you that as they repent, Lord, they can be washed, they can be cleansed. Witchcraft. Repent of witchcraft, works of the flesh. We receive right now your cleansing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's do some warfare now. Come on, let's just war for just a moment. Listen, five more minutes and service is over. This could change your whole life. Come on, let's take authority over the devil, over families, children. Come on, marriages. Pastor Kirsten, lead it. Come on, lay your hands on your children. If you got your children with you, gather them around you. Maybe they're not sitting by you. Gather them together. Come on, Father, we thank you, God, for the precious gifts that you've given us. Lord, we stand as guardians over our homes. Lord, as parents over the children that you've given us, we stand today as guardians over their lives and taking the position today of authority over our children, over our homes. Lord, we ask in you today, God, for spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon us as children, as parents, grandparents. Lord, in whatever position you've placed us within our family, spirit of wisdom and revelation Help us in creating an environment of the Holy Ghost, an environment that would not allow a foothold of the enemy into our homes. Father, right now we take a moment to bind up fear, to bind up trauma. God, release healing in our children's lives today. Every condemning lie that's been spoken to them, whispered to them in Jesus' name, robbing them of sleep, creating fear in their life. God, we pray against every assignment of hell against our children today. We bind up every proclamation of a doctor that has labeled our children, that has given them some condition by which they are not acceptable, that they need medication to be a a child of God and be a, a person We break off every proclamation that's been given by a school counselor, by a neighbor, by a family member. They are precious treasures that you have given us. Lord, we pray today a covering of the blood of Jesus over our family, over our children, over our household today. May no weapon formed against us prosper. We prophesy over our family today that the plans and purposes that you created them will be fulfilled. And we bind up every assignment of hell today that's been sent to rob them and make them live in fear. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for the authority purchased on the cross. Come on now, pray in your heavenly language. That's tongues. And if you don't have that gift, ask God to give it to you right now. Come on, we're making a difference tonight. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Mystery. Be filled. Give me a little bit, please. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled, lift your hands, open your heart, and let the Holy Spirit fill you. You need the power of God. You need the gifts of the Spirit. Listen, I know this sounds crazy. Listen to me. I know this sounds a little different, but you certainly can't find a scripture against it, so I'm going to go with it. 
Listen, everything that happens here is in the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, it ain't going to happen. And I don't know anything that would be contrary to this. I felt like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me to pray in the Spirit and just punch over your family, over the world, just a wage of warfare. Don't hit the person in front of you or anything. And don't start going nuts. Just, just begin to exercise in Jesus' name. Come on, just begin to wage warfare over your family. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Just punch a little bit. Thank you, Lord. We declare the victory. Come on, just punch a little bit. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Pastor Karen. Little moment longer. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, release your faith and say praise the Lord. Put your hands together for God. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Breakthrough. 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 Spiritual warfare prayer. Add it to your arsenal. Did you get something from God? Did some damage tonight. Praise the Lord.